and we're live. All right, all right, all right. All right, guys, come on in. I see you guys come on in. Thank you for tuning in with us. You guys are tuned into the Dope Girls Pray podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H., and we have with us tonight Dr. Chandra Williams. She is a pastor, a friend of mine, and she's going to be speaking on our hot topic of the night, the dress in the pulpit, the dress in the pulpit. This is a much-needed topic um, <laughs> that, that needs to be talked about and that the Lord had literally given to me um, when we did our Women's Month initially for this month, even though it kind of turned into a panel that was the Lord's doing. But we're back to our Women's Month, and we're going to be talking on this hot topic, the dress in the pulpit. So, Dr. Chandra, you could just go ahead and introduce yourself to the viewers and the listeners. Good evening, everyone. My name is uh, Dr. Chandra Williams, and I pastor the United Missionary Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I succeeded my father, who pastored the church for 54 years before his um, retirement. And I just completed my doctoral um, doctorate of ministry um, yes, on transformational preaching. <laughs> and um, really, um, the context was the African-American Baptist Church and how do we position women to actually take the role of the senior pastor. And so um, I completed that last year. Amen. 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 Mother of one son. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we're going to just dive right in, guys. We're not going to hold you too long, but this is a topic, a much needed topic. I need you guys to share, 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 share to all of your female friends. Um, even your male friends who may have women in ministry, wives in ministry, um, sisters in ministry, share, 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 because we need this to get out there. This is a much needed topic. All right. So, Dr. Chandra, so we already know that our topic is addressing the pulpit. So the first question that we want to dive into is what is the definition of modesty? What is modesty? So modesty um when I think of modesty, I think about humility and I think about um, not extreme. 
But I would really say humility. I would really use the word humility more because um, when you think about modest, it's not about you, but it's about all the people around you. Right. And so um, humility has a lot to do with how people perceive you. Yeah. And so for me, modesty is really about humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about though in a, a dress form, what would you say modesty is? Because we get the person when you think about the dress form, what would you uh-huh. say modesty is? Because we know what modesty can mean, you know, linguistically in a definition term. And yes, right. when we think about in a form of a dress, what would you right. say um modesty is? Well, because you know, people's and we always use this adage, people's perception is their reality. Right. And so from a modest standpoint, it is, you know, how do you want to be perceived by people? Right. So when people see you, um, what is their perception going to be of you? And, you know, and so when you use words like classic and you use words like elegant, um, that's that's people's perception. Right. Right. Your your definition of classy or elegant or even modest um, could be different than somebody else's perception. So for me, it's really, you know, how do I want people to perceive me? And I want people to perceive me in a modest way, not in an extreme way. Right. Because you know what? I'm going to be honest because, you know, I'm very transparent with this podcast. You know, I went through like a a stage myself as well with like a modesty thing because like, okay, you know, my background and people know my background of coming um, from out of Islam and in Islam, that was like really what the dress was. It was modesty. It was all based off of like being modest, dressing modest. Um, And so when I came out of Islam, you know, it was like, woo, freedom. Like I can actually, you know, get dressed. I can actually put on something. And I would be honest, in the beginning, it was a struggle. Like I didn't even know how to get dressed because I wasn't Uh used to getting dressed for like so many years. Like, yeah, I probably wore like things around the house and stuff like that, because even in that there was a certain way that we were that we had to dress that was allowed even in Islam. Like we couldn't dress a certain way around our children. You know, right. like you couldn't just be in, you know, your bra, your underwear around right. your kids. Your kids weren't allowed right. to see you that way. Because and I do agree because that type of stuff opened up doors for things like incest and, right. and different other things, you know, principalities that will try to play on things. Right. There was a certain way that we could dress around women. We couldn't just wear like anything that was too tight or revealing, something that only your husband was able to uh, like to see you in a certain right. way. And so Coming out of Islam in the beginning, it was like, wow, like this is my first time that I'm able to actually like get dressed and put on something. And so I I went through like a transition because like, you know, I had my hot girl summer days where, you know, I wasn't dressed like how, you know, everybody else was dressing because I never got a chance to dress like that, you know, as an adult. Um, and then I went through, I saw myself gradually started to change the way that I dressed. The more that I actually started building a relationship with the father, you know, I, I went back to the covering. It was weird mm-hmm. because it was like mm-hmm. I was covered, uncovered, and then I went back to the covering, but it just wasn't in the form of an Islamic attire, mm-hmm. but it was clothes wise. And it took me like a couple of years. I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. because in the beginning, I just was like, you know, well, I, I could kind of, I didn't like straight away go to City Girl. You know, it wasn't right. that. 
It right. was still regular dressing. And then as time right. went on, I kind of went into like, oh, okay, when I go out sometimes, maybe I want to wear this. Like I went through a phase of going out. You know, right. maybe I want to wear this. Now, I wasn't looking like a stripper. Right. <laughs> I wasn't that. But, right. you know, I might have wore something like, you know, where like, you know, arms and stuff was showing right. like a lot of it. You get what I'm saying? Right. And so point in case is, you know, the more the more time that I, I got to, to, to know who the father was first right. and then got to learn who Kamisha was, then I started to get back that self-respect because I lost it when I came out of the right. family, I'll be honest. I lost right. it because I was, I was, it was like, hmm, on the one hand, I felt I was brainwashed when I was in Islam because we were forced to dress a certain way. And so right. once you get a little bit of freedom, you right. know, in your mind, you feel like, okay, well, you know what? Now I can just kind of do what I want right. to do. And so I felt like, oh, okay, I could do what I want to do just a little bit, but I didn't tread too far. But then once the Lord said, uh-uh, honey, come right on back. Right. You know, right. then I started to to, to come back to, to modesty. And so I agree with you, like what you said as the definition um, of being modest, someone, you know, who has morals, who has values, you know, who does care about, you know, the way that people view them and how they're looked upon because you are what you dress. I remember one day you guys were saying that on your, um, what is it, the Corona Cute Live that y'all <laughs> right, right. was saying, you know, you are what you dress. You have one time to make an appearance. And that's so true because right. we're going to talk about that too in a second because people will judge you off of a first time look. And that's right. why it's so important that, you know, you do carry yourself the way that you want to be perceived because all this takes us one time. And I'm going to just go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. And, and, and so, so, so the thing is, is that I come from a family of women who dress. Right. Mm -hmm. So let me let me let me give you some background. So my mother's a dresser. My grandmother's a dresser. My great grandmother, my aunt, all of them. So I come from a family where, you know, at a certain age, you get a rabbit jacket. You know, you get a rabbit jacket at 12. You get a, a, a mink coat at 17, 18. There was an honor in my family. There's an honor to, you know, the way you build up your dressing. Um, um, I learned as a little girl, like when you were supposed to wear a slip, like what shouldn't be see-through and what, you know, oh then I like, you know, you need to wear a girdle, right? Like you need to invest in a girdle. And, and it's it's funny how time repeats itself because, you know, we go through these phases and now when we don't do what we've been trained to do, then people can charge astronomical amounts of money for what we've always known. So we've always worn girdles, but when Spanx wanted to come out with it, you know, it became something really astronomical. So I've right. always known to wear a slip. Half slip, whole slips. I've always known to wear girdles because you don't get around people and everything shouldn't be moving. I'm, I'm on. I'm, 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 I'm endowed at the bottom. So I ought not be moving. And I know we're going to get into this, but as a preacher, you know, I everything shouldn't be shaking all over that's the pulpit. Right. That's so, right. Um, I was trained at from from a from a and that's what we're missing. We are missing. Yeah the training of our young ladies. And so when I say perception and, 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 and I'll be honest with you, there are some things that I truly believe as a Christian that Islam gets right. There are some yeah. things that I believe that they get right, you know, because again, if you are somebody's daughter and it goes back to biblical, you know, when it talks about being modest, it talks about being modest because you are somebody's daughter. 
And in that time, they were prearranging marriages. So the funny part about it is we read the story of Leah and we say Leah was ugly, right? But the only way we say Leah is ugly is because you can see her eyes. We we perceive her to be ugly because she was what we would say is cross-eyed. It wasn't because of her shape. It wasn't because of the way she was dressed. It It was because of her eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. So her sister was cuter than her because she had a lazy eye. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about biblical times, you were given in marriage. Right. It was it was it's, it's about dignity. When somebody marries somebody else's son, you got a purse, you got yeah. money. So 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 you worth it like that. You have to be worth it. That's you true. Have to be worth you got to be worth it. And so if you don't have any self-worth, that's why you give everything away because you yeah. don't have self-worth. And yeah. so, and I know you talked about when you go into the club, I'm not even going to ask you like kind of what's your goal, <laughs> like what was your goal, but you had a goal, right? You weren't going to go to, you went you all covered up because you had a goal. But you know what? Even with going out, I'm going to be honest, it still was a classy way of dressing. Even though it was a hot girl summer, it still was, you know, whether it was designer or whatever, it still was put, it wasn't like, you know, how some people, they just look, I got to say, like trash. Like they they literally market themselves like trash. And and honestly, the way that some of these people, they dress now and today, even designer or not, some of it is just trash. It is. Like well, when that's because they, they, they don't have, and it goes back to the models. So they don't have models. And so if, if Cardi, and, and, it, and, and since we go in there and I'm grown and, 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 and I see Minister Hobson on here, I got, I'm not a fighter, but I got people there to fight for me. Um, <laughs> our models, and it bothers me to see women of God have ex-strippers as models. Like um, how how can ex-strippers be your models? How can loving hip hop be your models? How can um, the housewives of Atlanta, how can they be your models? So you are going to be trash when they promote fashionistas. I mean, whatever those whatever those stores are, they right. they promote those. You know, all of those boutiques. And I wasn't called. Um, what is Yeah, Fashion Nova. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like they they promote and endorse all of those those stores, and so we where are our models? Like right. where are our models? My and grandmother was my model. Right. My mother was my model. Yeah. And and so and so literally that's how I was even going back into Islam. The they I remember they had a book, it was called The Mothers of the Believers, and, and they were the women that we were supposed to mimic, like they were the models, and we will study their behavior, you know, we mm-hmm. will study their character, you know, how they were like with their husbands, how they were with their children. And this mm-hmm. was something that we pressed for to be like the mothers of the believers. So when you say that we're missing the models, that is so true. We are, we are missing the role models. Um, And I think a part of it is because too, a lot of, um, I would say some of the women now, they don't really teach the women like how they used to. Like back in the day when I was in church, I grew up as a Baptist. 
you know, along with my grandmother, you know, I had aunties in the church that would come and take us bra shopping, you know, mm -hmm. underwear shopping, you know, teach us certain things like a slip, like how you said. I remember one time I got beat because my slip was wet. You know, I tried to hurry up and wash it and dry it before church. And it wasn't ready. And my grandma whooped me that Sunday morning before um, service. I'll never forget it. And she said, your stuff is supposed to be ready because that's what she used to do. She make us, she made us put our stuff out the night before. Mm -hmm. you got mm -hmm. your hair done the night before. You know, you had your clothes out the night before. Ironed everything. And now everything is just like, okay, get up and go. There's no preparation, but we lack models. And I, and I do believe too, because of the crack era, I have to say it with the 80s, mm -hmm. like with our generation, a lot of our parents was on drugs. You know, mm. thank my parents because my mom died when I was seven months and my dad, I didn't meet him till I was 16. But I was raised by my grandma and I thank God because had I not been raised by my grandma, I probably wouldn't have really had any morals if I my, but my grandma was strict. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't no boyfriends, no mm -hmm. phone calls, no mm -hmm. spending the night on people's houses, no parties. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to sneak and do some things. And, it, and even right. with that, it was still levels of things that we were sneaking right. to do. It wasn't a thing of like, you know, we just want to be 100% right. just do what we want to do. Right. But we do lack those models because even with our parents, not all of our parents, but a lot of our parents now, you know, with growing up, a lot of them were on drugs. We have to be truthful. Mm -hmm. And they so were. a lot of us, we were raising our own selves. You know, we were, we became the parents. And so mm -hmm. because of that, a lot of us didn't have guidance. And so the only guidance that we did have was from the people in church. And, and hopefully we went to a church where people had structure that, to be able to even actually teach us. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, go ahead. No. So, and, and I think that spills over to ministry and i know we're yeah. we're going to go back and, and then we'll go back but it spills over to ministry so then in ministry if you didn't have that you're coming from a mindset of i can do what i want to do and yes. it don't take all of that and so right. you don't have any foundation as to why do i need to dress this type of way in the pulpit right because i'm i'm coming from the street and I, I, we don't need standards. In order for me to reach these people, I need to look like those people. But you, what happens is you don't give those people standards. So right. you know when you when you when you place yourself down, then there's no standard of come up. So right. where where are those people coming to? If you yeah. go down, where are they coming to? And so yeah. then that spills over to from the those people become ministers of the gospel. Yeah, and that's right. They become ministers of the gospel, and then it spills over to and this is trans it transfers over to work. So as a supervisor or a manager, or I was a VP at PNC Bank when people came in for a job interview, you didn't see anything wrong with yeah. the way you came. You know, even even back in the day, there was. The discrepancy of man, that's your that's your church suit. You don't wear your church suit to the interview. Right. You know that's your church <laughs> suit. Long suit jacket to your legs for your business interview. I mean that was the challenge. But the challenge today is I should be able to come in without a belt. I should be able to come in without a tie because right. we lack over here where the standard was in church. And if I don't have to do that for church, then I sure enough ain't got to do it for work. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's and so, true. 
the 80s, and people won't say that, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Kamisha. People will not say and be honest that the drug era tore us up. It tore yeah. us up. It tore yeah. us up. And grandparents yeah. didn't have the strength, and they didn't have the stamina. They didn't have, because grandparents aren't meant to raise kids. Right. Right? So they didn't have the, I can't run after a child that don't want to iron their clothes at night. I can't, right. I'm not going to fuss and fight to go school shopping with somebody who want Timberlands and Dickies. I just don't have it in me because I raised my child. And unfortunately, my child is out there now on drugs. So yeah. there was that lax in between. And regardless of whether or not we say we don't like structure, Islam is growing by leaps and bounds because people like structure and they didn't have structure. Yeah, because uh, we'll talk about that for a second because I always say, um, Islam is what disciplined me, but Christianity is what saved me. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and I do believe that there was a reason, there was multiple of reasons of why I actually went down that road of going into Islam. And, and one of them was, I remember somebody prophesied to me and said that the Lord was going to use me to bring structure back to the church. Because a, a lot of a lot of the things that I talk about are things based off of experience. And one thing that we know that the Lord won't do is give you anything to talk about that you haven't experienced. Right. So literally, you know, that's what I'm, I'm really passionate about. Like even when we was talking a little bit about the ebook, I remember I was talking to a, a, a old friend of mine and I said, you know, in Christianity, we don't really have like a lot of books. You know, even though we have books, but it's like we don't we really don't have any commonology books that we can actually say, OK, this is a book on how to be a wife or this is a book on how to be a husband. Whereas like in Islam that we did, we had all of those things like there was a book for everything. And so I really, really hope I, I don't know if this will happen. But because I'm where here. the spirit of the Lord is, there <laughs> is liberty. And so, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, Choice for us all the way back to the garden has been our downfall. Like choice for us has really been our downfall. And, you know, when God said to Adam and Eve in the garden, like you can have all of this except this one tree. It was like we always want and we always allow the enemy to mess us up about you can do that. Why can't you do that? Why Why would he tell you not to do that? You know, why would he? The devil always messes with us about that one thing that God just knows is for our good. Like he yeah. knows it's for our good for us not to have that or for us not to do that. And so because we have this, you know, we, we miss, we miss, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We miss, um, we miss, you know, we, 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 we want the text to say what we want it to say. So we want to say, we're not going to belong. We want to say we're free. We have liberty. We have a, but there's a, reason. Yeah. there's a reason why. There's a reason why. Um, and we don't have anybody to tell the story. Yeah. We don't have anybody to tell the story that we worked all week in the, in the cotton field and we dressed up because the master had us working in the cot in the fields and and when we came to God we brought God our best we were not going to come to God with what we worked in the field so that's right. why our parents and our grandparents said you had school clothes and you had church clothes right yeah. 
But then it was, but well, why can't I work clothes be our church clothes? Yeah. So we always want what we what we think somebody else is is getting them doing. Yeah. And it and it brings us to our next question. You kind of started touching on it, but why is it why is it important to be modest? Um, because when you're a child, you speak as a child, you do childish things, but when you grow up, you become a woman. Um again, it's it's not about you, it's right. about the perception of people. So going back to biblical times, you were being saved for somebody's wife. You right. were eventually going to be somebody's mother. And so in modesty, you 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 are saving, you are giving whoever you are some dignity. That's right. right. So you are giving your motherhood dignity. You are somebody's mother. So before we got on here, you were calling your sons. I don't I don't need to show up at my son's school looking like I'm trying to be 18 again. I'm right. his mother. Right? right. I am his mother and I need to command the respect of his teachers. Um as his mother, not as sister, not as you know his friend, but I'm his mother. Um, somebody's wife. I need to bring dignity to that honor, and so I don't need. And, and that's what Proverbs thirty one says. It says he, he is known in the gates because of his wife. He, his her children rise and call her blessed. Why? Because when when she comes around, she gets. Gives her children dignity. She gives her husband dignity. Who wants? You should not show up to your husband's job. Not in modest apparel. That yeah. is, you know you should not show up at the function. Not in modest apparel. If you're going to the Christmas ball, the you know you so so modest really again. And I keep. I, the Bible says we'll be lovers of ourselves. And so when it's all about ourselves, we it's it's my thing. I want to do what I want to do. And I want to, you know, so we're we're immodest because we bring dignity to who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, another reason why it's important to be modest too, as well, is because not only do you don't want to cause the, the wrong attention or draw the wrong attention naturally, but it's the same thing spiritually, you know, because the, the thing is you open yourself up to, to portals, even demonic portals from the enemy, you know, because yeah. the, the thing, right. Cause the thing is, you know, he studies us too. And he, he knows the things that we like and what we don't like. And so it's like, at the end of the day, you know, like how you said the, the form of like, you know, being a wife, because especially for the women that are really interested in being married, you know, like this is something that they desire. You know, men look at stuff like this, you know, even though don't get me wrong, you, you yeah. men look at stuff that they shouldn't look at. They want to play with that. But what they really want is is really a wife. They really want a modest wife. Men never. And I'm going to speak it on layman's term. They never wife the side chick. They don't. They never wipe the side chick. And so literally, it's like, you know, the the people that set these standards, like, you know, a hot girl summer and Magda Stallion, don't get me wrong. I know that's some of some of y'all favorite rappers and I'm and I'm hitting some buttons. But at the end of the day, that's not what a husband wants. 
That's not real what real men want. They like to look at stuff like that, but do they want to marry something like that? No, because like how you said too, even when it comes to events and functions, no man really wants to come with, you know, their wife on their arm looking like that. Like I know some people, they, they, hmm, because I'm going to take that back because some people do because they like the attention that they get from the women that look like that but real men that are dignitarian men that have dignity that 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 possess honor and things of that nature no because one even if you're going to dress like that you can save that for your husband save that on the night that y'all y'all want to be intimate or whatever and stuff like that but as it pertains to the public eyes there is like you know a, a certain level a, a dress a certain level of modesty modesty that you should have and that you should carry because like how you said even with the kids school you know because like i know i'm a young mother i got married at 19 right so i i have three kids from you know being married um from my first marriage and literally i remember um, something happened at my kid's school and I had to go up to the kid's school and their teacher had never saw me like, you know, until that time that I wanted, this was like before report, this might have been like the beginning of the school mm -hmm. year. And so when I made myself present and they saw like, oh, this is their mother, like, you know, they have like a real mother, you know, people even treat your kids differently mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. they saw that I was present. And then the way that I carry myself and the way that I spoke and stuff like that. Oh, this is, this is not just a regular ba a black woman. Let's just say mm -hmm. it. Because some mm -hmm. people label us, you know, and depending on certain areas, it's not just black people, it's, it's white people too. Depending on what mm -hmm. area you're in, they'll label you too, even as a white That's person. Right. So the thing is, it, it really does plays a part because modesty is not just in the dress, it's, it's a lifestyle. I gotta right. say, it's right. a lifestyle, it's not just in clothing because there's a lot of people, and this is the Holy Ghost, is a lot of people that portray modesty. Come on, Delilah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come on out. There's a lot of people that portray modesty. They really do. They make it look good. You know, it's a form of godliness, but it's not godliness. You mm -hmm. know, and as soon as they get home, that modesty covering comes off and they uh, N-I-G-G-A. I gotta say right. it. Right. <laughs> they the hood. Right. right. You know, right. that we all don't have some hood in us. Right. You know, we from the hood. No matter how right. we grow in life, we still from our environment. But however, you know, some people, they can portray modesty as well. But that lets you know, though, that it's a lifestyle. Right. It's a lifestyle. Modesty right. is a lifestyle. Because my thing is, I'm doing myself a disservice if I'm only modest when I go to church or in front of you guys. But then when I go home, you know, I'm just whatever. Well, it's, it, it's, it's your, I mean, it's your style and it's your signature. So, right. you know, with, you know, and jokingly, you know, with my with my niece or my sister and, you know, they're shopping for me and like they know they know what I'm going to wear. They like, you know, they know actually they shop for me. So they know what because it's a lifestyle. Right. It's a lifestyle. And even with my sister, she she's modest. But but there's a there's like a little twist to her modesty, you know, um, and, and she always said, girl, you the preacher. I'm not the preacher. You're the preacher. <laughs> Um, but, 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 but because of the way we were raised, we know we live modest lifestyles and, um, but we have our own style, even in our modesty. And right. so it's important, you know, my mom still doesn't wear pants and she's 78. She's never wore pants. She's Baptist. Um, and so, but you know, people see you before they hear you. That's true. 
They see you before they hear you. And then, so, so once you speak, you're just adding to what they already see. And so, yes. and you know, people, they, well, people shouldn't judge me by, you know, well, they are. Our perceptions, yes. we're ocular people. We are ocular people. And so people are, people are going to, they're going to look at you first before they hear you. Yes. And so um, modesty is, is just, is just very, very, very important. And, and to Rosalind Jackson's point, I consider myself to be very modest and stylish. Mm -hmm. I do too, because like, like how you said, it's, it's, it's just, hmm, it's just more so like how you carry yourself with it, because it's not saying that you got to be modest and boring. You know what right. I'm saying? Everybody's definition of, of modest is different because even when I was a Muslim and when I used to cover, I had the best garments, you know, right. I had my garments right. from Dubai, you know, from Saudi Arabia, you know, and so it was black, but it was the best black, yes. you know, and I the, the the best type of, of styles you know that I could have so my thing is you and it was still a form of modesty I still was covered but I was cute and covered you know right. and so I still stood out just a little bit but I didn't stand out too too much and it was like oh what's going on here you know right. but it, it still was a style so and the thing is when that's who you are you can't change it because people they used to say even when I was a Muslim oh I love like your garments or where do you get this from or you just have right. such like a nice style that's just like who you are. You can't change it. So right. it's not saying guys like you, if you got to be modest, like you just got to go home and just be draped. No, we're not saying that. We just saying modesty, you know, is a lifestyle with our definition of it because it does have to be talking about. So the next question is how should we dress when we go to church? Modest. We <laughs> <laughs> should dress modest. I mean, we, again, the attention is not for, uh, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, of course, people are always going to say that's nice. They're always going to say that's nice and that, but if you are causing a distraction, right? Like if you are, if you are, because again, modest is also, you know, not going to church and you got the biggest hat on knowing that that's a distraction. That's not <laughs> modest, that's extreme, right? Yeah. Trust me. I love hats. I love church hats. I, I, I got church hats. I got church hats blown in. But, and if I did win something big, I was sitting in the back. Like, I'm not going right. to sit in front of people because I got on a saucer and my head is tall or I got on a Dr. Seuss. So, modest is, you know, is it a distraction mm -hmm. from what the of us being there? Right. Why right. are we here? And does anything we we wear cause a major distraction? Right. Because what about stuff like the tightness, where you can see all types of, of that's things. a distraction. When you can see, as they call it in church now, and my son and other people, camel toe. That's a distraction. Mm -hmm. That when you can see prints, you know that's a distraction. But again, we have people with no training. And so because, and going back to your books, like, you know, we used to have cotillions. We used to have etiquette classes. We used to be, you know, the, the that's what the mothers of the church were, right? We want mothers of the church to just sit on the front row and be like, oh, she a mother and she's 75 or she 80. No, but can you take the rebuke? Can you right. take it? Can you take mother tapping you on the shoulder and saying, okay, baby, 
that body kind, and she probably not gonna say body kind, but she's gonna say that polyester dress is too tight, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or why didn't you wear a blazer over top of that? Or why didn't you wear a duster or something like that? You know, because again, we gotta ask people what are their goals? What is yeah. your goal? So is your goal search trying to find a man? Or trying to find a date because if we know your goal, then we know where to start. Yeah, we need to start the conversation because right. then from there we can say, well, and then the mother, the mother of the church would say from there, well, girl, you got to keep doing that to keep them, and anybody that come and anybody that come like that next week gonna take them from you. Wow. Yeah. Because he never came, he never was attracted to you based off of the package of right. plain beauty. He was. Because of the coke buy, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so anything that's a distraction, and and again, there's some things in Islam that I, you know, we say what people won't do, but when people cross the street or cross the road, they will change. So yeah. because we don't give that structure over here, we get mad because people go across the street and garb up the next day. Well, there's standards, and if we would have. And we with this, oh, don't offend them, don't hurt them, don't. That's that's why some churches don't have families, right? Because you can go to a church and you can see the DNA of a church. No right. woman is going to keep her husband in a church where the pastor is not saying, or the first lady or the mothers of the church are not saying to people, okay, there comes a time when you have to change. Mm -hmm. She may have come in that way, but you don't have right. to stay that way. Right. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. I'm not going to keep bringing my husband here. Right. That's true. That's Where true. That's yeah, that's true. And I have to say it for because I, I hear in the spirit, like somebody just said, well, you know, if if what if I can't cover up those areas? Because there's so women that are, that are just like proportion. Right. But you can cover it. You can cover it up. There's there's nice things that you can still wear that won't show like your figure. You know, nice flowy dresses or flowy skirts that are still nice. They're not ugly. You know, there's some nice skirts and some nice dresses that you can wear that won't show your figure. Because some people, they are like sometimes no matter what they wear, you can still kind of see. But I still beg to differ that there are a lot of garments that you still can wear that won't show your shape too much. You know I actually, I mean? I, my seamstress, back to your point, my seamstress that I found is a Christian seamstress that, sh that sews for Muslim girls. Wow. So, so one day when I was there and I saw some of the garments, I was like, well, I want that for a robe or I want that <laughs> for a dress or I want that for, because my bottom is so big. And so those things, those dusters and those floor lift they are and and so what people and then to your point it's all in the material so yeah, when i started yeah. getting that and then getting the material it was like oh you got a sequence duster oh you got a, a a tapestry or oh you got a taffeta because i know and so we i'm gonna say it this way mm -hmm. when it comes time for for dinner in block people go all out to get what they want to get Wow. But when it's time for church and church attire, I couldn't find it. I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't. 
couldn't do it. But you will go to an all red cabaret. You will go to an all you if you get off the bus for the dinner and block and anything for you is not white, you are not getting the destination. Wow. You will not know where the actual place is. And so if other people put demands on us and don't allow us in. Wow. Why is it that when we come to church, we just want to just, we want God to accept us. Wow. That was way. Wow. When everybody good. else has standards. Yeah. Somebody said it. They said we can dress right for proms, weddings, and etc. And and it's so true. That is true, Pastor. Um, we we do. We I think it's because whatever we care about, that's what we invest our time and our, our money in, what we care about. You know, and, and sometimes and I can't say hundred percent, hmm, I have to say, yeah, some some people probably just don't care. You know, and, yeah. and that's why they that they do it because, and I think really things have changed because even with growing up, and I wish that we would take some of that structure that we had back in the day and it gets back implemented into church because, like back in the day, like we watched that that movie and we laughed at the Clark sisters, but it was true. You couldn't wear pants in church. Mm-hmm. You could not wear pants in church. I don't care what you was. If you was a Baptist and a Apostle, if you was a Church of God in Christ, I don't care what you was back in the day. You could not wear pants in church. You couldn't. And mm-hmm. so now, you know, it's it's so accepted. And my thing is, I'm not against like. The whole pants thing, like I'm not that deep to the point, like if somebody is, is wearing pants or whatever. However, if I'm going to minister in front of the church, I'm not wearing pants. Mm-hmm. I'm not wearing pants. Now, I might sneak and wear pants and sit in the back or whatever for a service. And even with that, I still try to make sure even with the pants that I have, is it's still like work pants or something. You know, if it's a Sunday service, mm-hmm. now sometimes like for a youth thing or whatever, if, I, if they say you could dress down to wear jeans or whatever, and I still try to dress that up. But however, like with the, the pants thing, you know, it's still like a, a thin line of, of how you can do that. And, and even how you put it together, it still shouldn't be to the point like you're looking, you know, the Lala spirit. I got to say it, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, just just trying to draw something that that really you should not be drawing. Right. You know? Right. Um, so that is important, but I do really wish that we would implement some of those teachings that we had back in the day, back into now, because that's what's missing. Because I was going to say this earlier, because you got to also pay attention to this too. Now that you have the mothers that didn't have a mother because of the the, the crack era and whatever everything ever else happened, now they didn't have kids and they didn't have kids and they didn't have kids, and so basically because there was nothing ever instilled. All it is is like redundancy of non-teaching. You get what I'm saying? And so literally we're in a time where people are just kind of like teaching themselves, you know, like that's what's happening. They're teaching themselves or either they're trying to find um, a place where they can say, "Okay, well, I see this is how people are dressing, you know, as I'm coming to this church. So now I need to start dressing this way. But however, the people at the church now has to be open to taking these people under their wings because that's one thing we do bad as a church. You know, we block people out as well. When people come in, we don't really have relationship. We only really have religion. So when we look at people, it's like, oh, she da 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 da. But you, we don't really know the backstory. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing that I think about if I see somebody come in and this is my first time seeing them and maybe they don't look the proper way, I, I'm going to assess the situation, you know, mm-hmm. to see what I can see with the person mm-hmm. to figure out maybe what's their situation or what's going on before I just try to make judgment, you know, or judgment call. You know, as we say, and so we have to have more compassion, you know, even as a body of Christ, when people come in and then be open to teaching the younger generation. It can't be mm-hmm. like, well, you know what? They ain't going to listen. No, because there are some people that do want to know. They want to know. They want to listen. Everybody comes from different backgrounds and different mm-hmm. things. Everybody doesn't have, you know, the they didn't grow up with a, a strict parent or whatever. Some people didn't grow up with no parents. Some people grew up by themselves or they had parents and the parents just didn't do anything. You know, so that has to be something that's brought back into the church. Somebody said we need a, a church flow boutique. And I don't know exactly 100% what that means, but even in the, the, the thing of like the charm school, that type yeah. of stuff, you can go back into church too, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I mean, you can tell by what Easter looks like. And, you know, again, we serve a God who has a standard, right? Yeah. And so we lowered the standard in the 80s and the 90s, and we never got back to the standard. Like we never got back to where we were. And and there's a psychological, there's a it, it, it your psychological perception kicks in when you look a certain way. When when you look a certain way, you act a certain way. You know, you know, getting to the pants, you know, even with the pants, there, we taught girls how to sit down in a skirt, right? You, you you sit down in a skirt. You keep your legs closed in a skirt, you know. Um, um, and even with men, you know, when they get their hair cut, there's a certain different type of swag. You know, we have a lot of men out here now saying, oh, I can't wait till I get my hair cut again. And then I feel like myself, right? Or even like us, there's a certain way that you see your own self when right. you are dressed. And that's the whole thing about proms. Right. The young people are 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 depressed because that was their one day that they yeah. got to dress up. Just like right? a mini wedding day. Yes, they got to dress mm-hmm. up. And, and 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 so imagine if they could dress up like that every Sunday. I mean, just imagine, you know what I'm saying? And that's how yeah. Sunday was for us. Like we we dressed on Sunday, like there was a way that we dressed on Sunday. And mm-hmm. and so now I mean. Easter has gone all the way down, right? Like, it, I mean, you didn't you put your tracksuit on after you left church. Sunday right. morning, you had your suit and your dress on. And then if you went to 69th Street or you went here to the movies, you changed your clothes and then you put your after after dinner. Um, and so I, I just, we, we are always, lowering our standards. The African-American community is always lowering their standards. And I don't care who hears me, but we are always lowering our standards. We live to get dressed and we gave, I mean, now 
And that's why people can always take our stuff and charge us astronomical stuff. We always been consigning. We right. always been thrifting. We always right. been giving people our, like my mother lived in a house with six families. You always swap clothes. Always. You always did that. And now we let people take what we used to do and charge us astronomical amounts of money for what we used to do. And so it just amazes me how we take what was ours. And our thing was we left the field, we got to come home, we so we been sewing. We right. we've been doing patterns. We I mean just all of it. But because of that 80s to 90s, 80s to 2000, where we lost our identity. Yeah, we wow. Identity, and we've been fighting trying to get our identity back ever since. Wow, wow, that's good, that's good, and 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 it's true. That is that is so true because we have gone through so many cycles, even still to this day, we're going through so many cycles, and it's so true because we were like the first to do with like a lot of things, like even with fashion, yeah. music, you know, all that type of stuff. You know, the beatbox and rap and all of that, it was African-Americans, you know, and it's, it's so true. We have truly lost our identity. We have lost our identity. And people want to know, people want to know, what do I do now? That's why I don't, people are trying to rush back. And I know this conversation went somewhere totally different, but, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but, but, but we're, you can't run out of stuff to do with your kids in Corona. It's impossible for you to yeah. run out of stuff to do with your kids in Corona. Men should be teaching their sons how to tie ties, or if they don't know, they can learn together. Women should be teaching their children how to, their daughters, how to sew, how to do your own hair, how to wash and blow dry and curl. Girl, we, back in the day, I could roll yep. my hair with a paper yep. bag. Listen. I could roll my hair with a paper bag. And come yep. out the next day with curls. I knew how to hem. I knew how to sew a button on if something happened. I knew how to put elastic in a skirt, right? Yep. I could, we, my mother, we could go to bed. We could make a skirt and then wake up the next day and, and have a new skirt for school in the morning. I mean, yep. it's so much stuff to do in Corona yep. yeah. that we should not be rushing. And the Lord told me this at December 31st when the, we did our New Year's Eve with another church and, and he was like, well, what's your theme? And I said, listen, the Lord told me that this is the year of the family. I don't have no theme, but this is the year of the family. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what he's going to do, but God wow. said, get back to the infrastructure of your family. I did wow. not see Corona coming. I just know he said, get your family together. God wow. has given us 12 weeks. And parents ought to sit back and take inventory of what you taught your children in these last 12 years. If wow. you want your children to wear makeup a certain way, don't let them let these, again, strippers turn cash cows teach your yeah. kids how to make up their faces. No, you need to teach your daughter how to wear makeup. You need to teach your daughter how to, God has stripped us down to nothing. You see that? We don't yeah. even have nails on no more. Stripped us down to nothing so that we can start all over again. Yeah, that, that is, that's so true, Pastor, because, and I, I got to go back to Islam. I don't, and, and, it's, and it's, it's really the Holy Spirit that's bringing me back to it because that that is so true what you said because I, I know when I used to practice Islam, 
that was like things that we were big on, like with the sewing, like how you said, I learned how to sew, you know, and I learned how to make garments and stuff before I started getting the nice black ones. This is when I first, mm -hmm. first became a mom. And it was, it was so based on family. Islam was based on family. And so those, I know a part of my reasoning for me going through Islam was to, to, to get those more, it was like to pick up a time. Some principles, yeah. You know, right. And, and literally that's what it is even still to this day with my children. Like my children, they still practice Islam because of the fact that they grew up that way and their dad is still a practicing Muslim. Mm -hmm. um, so I made a decision that, you know, that I wasn't going to force anything upon them, but just show them because I believe calling people to the religion is of two ways, speaking and just actions. And you know, sometimes you don't have to actually speak to somebody. You could just show them the, the way yep. that you live and that'll call somebody to come to their religion because that's how I came to Islam, just by watching somebody. They never called me. They never said anything to me, but just by watching. And so with my kids, because the Lord already told me three times he confirmed through three different people and even to myself that my kids you know were going to be saved you know the only thing that I do is I just like to show them you know mm -hmm. my lifestyle and I'm consistent I'm consistent mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's what kids need they need discipline one and they need consistency mm -hmm. they don't like change and it's just people people in general yeah. we need consistency and we don't like change and so literally, you know, my kids just came off of Ramadan and they fast, you know, the whole Ramadan. So mm -hmm. I always I always instilled in them like prayer, fasting, you know, they they pray all of their prayers that they pray and stuff like that. And they pray with me, too. When I do my 12 mm -hmm. um, watching a prayer, my youngest, son, I call him the Jeremiah prophet. He'd be up crying and praying with me. You know, all the time we go, you know, and so that is so important that we really give back. So like how you said with the family, and I felt God when you said it. I know it came from the Lord because mm -hmm. it's so true. We have put our families to the side. Mm -hmm. we, have, mm -hmm. we have put our families mm -hmm. to the side because we become so busy. And my thing is, we do. We have to get back because you know why? I remember. When I had started just literally the Millennials Corner, the Lord gave me the Millennials Corner like last Sunday, right? Before it wasn't last Sunday, he gave me a word about children. When he said, he said, it's time to go back and get the Millennials. He said, because while the older saints are so focused on the older generation, you know, nobody's not paying attention to the younger generation. And that's who the enemy is going after. He said, go mm -hmm. back younger generation and so i said i know people wasn't going to understand what it was that i was doing but i was obedient to what the lord said and when mm -hmm. he said to the millennial corner he said you know just gather you know a bunch of millennials and and the thing was it was outreach because you know why we're living in the time when the lord gave me a word last september he said I'm releasing a new sound because preaching heaven and hell isn't working anymore. And what needs to be ministered to are the people's hearts because that's what's sick. We're living in a time where people don't step foot in the church. They won't. The people that normally do are the same ones or just maybe some people that just lucked up, not lucked up, but, you know, somehow, somehow, some way mm -hmm. their turn to come. But with our, our millennials, really, we have to be honest. A lot of them won't set foot in the church because they always say what I can't get with the sound. I can't get with the sound. It's a sound. And so that's why when the Lord said preaching heaven and hell isn't working anymore, it's because what needs to be ministered to, like he said, are the people's hearts. And so literally even the things that you do, you know, with your, with your church and your ministry, because you guys do a lot of stuff with the community, you know, and with the younger generation is so needed. And people need to pick up on these batons and do the same thing as well with their churches, because 
what needs to be ministered to are the next generation because mm -hmm. after we die off and mm -hmm. I can't we just yet, but the older ones die off, there has to be someone that's going to mm -hmm. take the mantle. Mm -hmm. And Bible, Elijah and Elisha, you know, somebody yeah. has to take the mantle, you know, and we and we're not preparing the next generation. Like we're so focused on either the ones that's already in ministry or either mm -hmm. the ones, you know, that just older, but we're not focusing on the younger lads, you know, the, mm -hmm. the people, you know, that mm -hmm. oh, saying it, they got it, but you're not doing nothing with right. them. And then you know what I'm saying? So and, and that's and the enemy is now taking a hold to them and now they're being tested with what homosexuality right. and all the other things, you know. And then now what happened? You get the stories of the people that say, Oh, well, I used to go to church, I don't go to right. church anymore, you know, what XYZ, you know why? Because the attention wasn't placed. Mm -hmm. It wasn't placed with some people, the Lord just kept their hand, you know, his hand on them where you know they might have went left a little bit, but they came back. But with some people, the enemy has hold on to them, right? Right, onto them. It's a tight grip, you know, that he has onto them, and so somebody has to go back and get them. Somebody, somebody gotta go back do it. Somebody has to do it because a mm -hmm. lot of the older saints, they done wrote the millennials off. Oh, they don't want to listen. We don't want to deal with them. They got these ideas. No, sometimes you got to bridge the gap. You do. And every, every generation had their ideas. And I'm I'm grateful because I was a mother out of, whose son was born out of wedlock. And my mother came to get me. She came to Richmond, Virginia, and she came to get me. And my mother is a straight shooter. And she said to me, listen. Once you have one child, it's the most fertile. You're the most fertile you'll ever be. And you'll keep on having children. But I know the plans that God has for your life. And this is not the environment that you need to be in. So I am coming to Richmond, Virginia, and I am bringing you back home to Philadelphia. If I would have stayed in Richmond, Virginia, I would not be what I am today. But I had a mother who was not afraid to, uh, to approach me and whatever was I was being used of, she came and spoke to that thing, spoke to that thing and brought me back home because she knew what the Lord had planned for my life. And so you gotta be willing to fight. You got to be willing to fight. You Churches have got to be willing to fight for the next generation. And the ones that aren't willing to fight are the ones that are gonna die. And people, there are churches that aren't gonna make it out of Corona. There are churches that are not make it out of COVID-19 because they didn't fight for the young people. So now you're in COVID-19 and you can't make that pivot. You can't make that turn because you didn't have any young people in your church that you were willing to fight for that can help you make that turn into the future. And yes. so I call this time really back to the future because there are, even though we're going future we're going farther into the future we still have to do some of the things that we know worked for us right and that's why yeah. he said in the bible he told moses they leave these stones right here so we can remember so we can mm -hmm. tell our why why we do this and the problem is is that people can't tell their children why we don't have any biblical foundation as to why we can't say why we do what we do and to we dress the way we dress because you are somebody's wife, you are somebody's mother, you are trying to save yourself from giving in marriage. And so, if God is preparing somebody across the universe for you, then work on you, work right. on, on you while God is preparing that godly man for you. But we're, mm -hmm. we're not 
we are not where we are where we need to be in our spiritual walk. So we don't trust God. We don't trust that if we work on ourselves, that God is preparing somebody for us. So it goes back to again, what is your goal? Why do you wear this? I don't know what you say. I'm wearing it because I want to wear it. No, you got a goal. You got a goal. That's why you got that dress on. You got a goal. No sleeves. You wear that dress because it's tight, because you have a goal. Right. And what is your goal? Because if your goal was, I'm getting on this choir loft today and I'm going to sing to the glory of God and I want God to see me, you don't care what you got on. Yeah. You don't care what you have on. But if you want deacon so-and-so, if you want the men in that church to see you, if you want brothers so-and-so to see you, you going to wear what I'm single and I'm looking for a man. So I'm going to wear what I think is going to touch a man. I, something happened to you in your childhood. So yeah. you, you know you got a 12-year-old son. You still going to do what you want to do. You don't even care that you that boy's mother. You don't even care that you that man's wife. So because of something that didn't happen in your childhood, man, you're trying to get back those years. And so you, you 62 wearing a body count with no jacket. Lord, help What is your goal? Is your goal yeah. to be mother and wife because if your goal is to be somebody's mother and wife and if your goal is to give all glory to God then you will not be selfish because yeah. that's and the Bible tells us people will be lovers of themselves yeah and you know truly too with that part there's a deliverance process that has to happen because people that still suffer with you know that that behavior um, and I can even speak for myself. There was a deliverance process that I had to go through because I didn't know that I suffered with like the abandonment spirit and rejection spirit and even perversion. And so literally, and that's because of things that happened to me in my childhood. And so, you know, it was kind of crossing over. So even though like, okay, yes, I, I like to dress and, and everything like that. But like how you said, what is your goal? Even though my goal wasn't to, to get anybody but still when i wore something i still wore it because there was something on the inside of me if that makes any sense mm-hmm. you know and so at the end of the day even though i still had morals and values i still i still should have been able to discern you know okay well this is not appropriate for me to wear regardless if it was at church or it was at you know a club or anything you know, and so literally because I suffer with perversion. So if you suffer with the spirit of perversion, then you're going to be promiscuous. You're going to be looking for that type of attention, you know, that you you shouldn't really be um, looking mm-hmm. for because of that spirit. And so literally I want to kind of just talk to those people. You know, if, if you know that there are some things that that you suffer with, even in your childhood, um, molestation, rape. Um, abandonment. Maybe you grew up without a father or a mother and, and you felt like the, the abandonment of not having a parent or even, even rejection. You know, you, you, and you're looking for something in a man or in something that only you can find in God. You know, you have to go through that process. You have to say, Lord, you know, deliver me from this, you know, because if not, it's just going to be a repeated cycle and a cycle and a cycle. And even when you said, Pastor, about your mother came and she took you out of the, the environment and she wasn't afraid to address you, what else she wasn't afraid to, to do was is confront the enemy. And so we have yeah. a lot of parents that are afraid to confront the enemy. And it's not just parents, even as Christians, there's a lot of weak. Christians that are afraid to confront the enemy, we won't confront the enemy. 
we're cowards when it comes to the enemy and we'll let him do anything to us you know and so yeah. literally you know like i was saying though before though it's, it's it's a process you know because i know there's some people that's watching this that's still struggling it's because the lord is saying and that still struggle with you know that identity crisis thing and so because they struggle with that you know this is why they still dress that certain way or they behave that certain way or they look for this type of attention because of those spirits that still are operating in them. And, and I have to tell you guys, you got to get free. You have to ask the Lord to free you, you know, on your own. It's a, it's a process that you have to go through, you know, for yourself, because if not, you're going to just keep looking for love in all the wrong places. You're going to be looking for things and things that you'll never find the completion or contentment except from God. And I had to learn that, you know, even. And it should be, it, it should be, you know, we know as women in the pulpit, we know that there are people that are going to come in the door with spirits. We know that. But I don't need to activate a spirit. Right. Like, I don't need to activate a man that's in the audience who has, who, who's dealing with those demons, right? right? So I don't need to come with a tight dress or a tight robe to activate something. My, my goal is to bring them up out of that, grip them yeah. up. Because when I want to preach, I, first of all, I'm not just preaching to some women's whatever anymore. I'm beyond that in life. Right. In life, is coming for men and women. And right. so when I go to a church, I am going to snatch men and women from the grips of whatever it has them held bondage. And so I don't need to entice I don't need to entice men. And in this day and age, I don't need to be enticing women. I don't need right. to be enticing nobody. I, so. I, don't need to be, I don't need to be enticing anybody. And so I'm coming in a manner and dress so that people will see God in me. They will right. see the God in me. They won't see all my hips and all my buttocks and all my breasts. and all, No, they will see the God in me. And we live at we laugh at you know we 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 always laugh at something that we don't we don't understand. We right. always laugh, right? We always laugh at something. So we talk about priests, and I was saying this, you know, priests walk around, and even today, you know, people were saying, "Well, I I was in a car, and the cops pulled me over, and I'm a pastor." Well, who knew you was a pastor? You want you want like the thugs. Who knew? Don't use it when it's convenient for you. Right, you want right. to pull it out. Oh, when the cops pulled me over, I was a pastor and I should have been able to win. No, no, you pastors got standards. And when yeah. you go down Philly or you go to Italy and you see the priest walking through the street, you see the priest. You know yeah. they're the priest and you can you can ask the priest to pray for you. We don't know who the pastors are in the community. We don't know no. who are you go to these when i went to a women's conference and i felt out of place because everybody had i mean you would have thought i'm gonna be honest you would have thought i was at a strippers convention because everybody um, was so down to earth and so you know relatable so in touch with everybody so no he said come out from amongst them and be yeah. separate yeah. and be and so again, what is the goal? Is the goal when you get up on that pulpit to be liked and to be known as that's the that's the cool pastor or or that pastor? You know, even sharp. What does sharp? What is sharp? What is sharp? People <laughs> say, what is sharp? Right. So what my goal is in this stage of the game 
is to come to a person's church, not be a distraction, and be able to preach and then move comfortably. If I gotta, if I gotta operate, I don't need no right. type. I don't need. Right. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need nothing that when I'm sweating, it's going, you're going to see through it and see right. my rock. And all. Like you wear, we don't even tell, we don't even, that's why you had choir robes. People don't want to wear yeah. choir robes. But you no wear choir for all of that. You wear mm -hmm. robes, sweating and you're operating and you all of that. You can flow with, without people having to come up on you and put a robe on you and right. change your clothes and all. It just be too much. It be too much. Because we are lovers of ourselves. We're, we're not lovers of God. And I get passionate because for me, we have dummied it down. We have wanted to be like everybody else. And again, whether God allowed this or whether he caused it, God has put us in a place to reflect. Yeah. And we want to run back to the church and rush back to the church house. But God has us in a holding pattern so we yeah. can listen to him and he can say to us what he needs to say to us. Yeah. And until he, until he, and there's something coming. There is something worse that's coming. And I, it's something worse that's coming because we're, we're becoming, again, we have a way of becoming familiar and comfortable real quick. Come on. We will become familiar and comfortable real quick. And so God is like, oh, I see y'all didn't learn. Y'all didn't no. learn. Mm -hmm. so it's, just like, it's just like Egypt and the plague. This, this was the first one. This yeah. was the this yeah. was the Yeah. You are right. You're speaking right. And you actually you actually answered our last question. So we don't even have to go into it because it that was spirit led. Because the last question was what is so how should we dress um ministering in the pulpit? And you went right into it. So we don't even have to touch on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I just, it amazes me who our idols are. It yeah. amazes me who women in ministry, who our idols are. It just mm -hmm. amazes me. It amazes me how we go out on Instagram and, and people don't even, and I say this to my ministers all the time. When you're my friend on a social media platform, if you like something, you will pop up and I'll see what you, it'll show me that you like wow. And so it amazes me and what I see the people of God liking. Wow. What they like. It amazes me. And, and, and to see how we're supposed to be influencers instead of being influenced. Right. It amazes me how we are being influenced. Yeah, it's true. And it's how people people guide us into what we're supposed to be wearing when we should be guiding them yeah. into what, what they and, and yeah. we're so desensitized to we're so desensitized to what isn't the standard that we just give people passes, we just let people get away with, you know. And we don't want to offend anybody. But it's like, you know, so what? What they to a house on fire? So what? Yeah, and, and I think it's because, too, a lot of people are just still going through an identity crisis. You know, even within the crisis, there's a crisis. You know, even within mm -hmm. the pandemic, there's a pandemic. And so because a lot of people are not 
they're not really, I can't say because we're never going to be at a place in God where we feel like, you know, we're at this place, like 100%. But I would say, like, as you start to grow in God, your identity changes in him. You know, your identity changes. And so literally, you know, as your identity changes, your light just gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And so people start to, to see, you know, the God in you. And I I'm a, I'm, I can attest to it. And we're going to close on this one because we don't want to hold the people too long. Mm-hmm. I remember I was on Instagram and I'm very conscious what you said. And we're going to talk on that for a second was so important because. I'm a stickler on I don't I don't like that either. When I look at certain people um, in ministry and I see like their pages, like of how it's set up. And I'm going to say it because I ain't afraid to confront the enemy. Like when people that are in ministry and they following a bunch of strippers, like as men or even <laughs> as women, you know, I think it's just so inappropriate because yeah. I'm just a stickler yeah. on when people yeah. come to your page and they see that. You know, and you're supposed to be this kind of person. It just looks bad. But you know? we don't think that we don't think that we think that the enemy comes one way. See, that's what we don't get. We don't we don't think that the enemy comes in multiple multiple ways. And so you think because you don't look at pornography, but if right. you if you follow somebody who's a stripper. It's still a form of perversion. It's, same, it's still a form of perversion. <laughs> and so, so, so when, so when God is trying to bring you somebody, you're measuring them up against this stripper. Yeah, and you know what's so crazy? <laughs> when God is trying to bring you somebody too, and a person is looking at your page, you're it's like a no go for me because I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to have to deal with. I'm okay. Right. And so that that's what when I said when you said that part, I'm like a big stickler on that. I just feel like, especially as you start to grow, things have to fall off. Like, you know, everybody has to go through a change. It is not being judgmental because as people are growing, like in the be- in the beginning stages, you still struggle with certain things. So you might see certain things on people's pages. But as you grow, and especially if you're saying you're growing, you know what I'm saying? That it should it should show. Like mm-hmm. how you said, we judge by what's apparent. It should show. And so literally, you know, when I was talking about the light part, like as you change how your light should shine brighter, um, I was on, um, and people can't be afraid to to speak the truth, like the word of the Lord. I was on um, Miss Blank Miami. You know Miss Blank Miami? Mm-mm. Okay, so Miss Blank Miami, she's like an influencer on, on Instagram. She really does. She's like a business mogul um, woman or whatever. Because like on my Instagram, I don't follow anybody unless they're like ministry or like business or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I really filter out like my Instagram. I don't even follow f- like friends and it's not being funny or anything, but it's just some things that people post I don't want to see. And so what I aspire to be is what I follow. So if it's somebody in ministry, you know, who's really, you know, have a good foundation, um, you know, that we know of, or if it's somebody that's in business and, you know, they're not like inappropriate or stuff like that. Right. I follow people like that so like my following is very low on instagram now facebook we could be friends or whatever right. i don't have the choice i gotta follow you you know even though they give you the option now and you don't have to follow people but you can be friends with them so i utilize that button yeah you can but on instagram i'm very limited but this this woman named miss bling miami she she has an awesome testimony she talks about how you know she was married 
and her husband basically left her with nothing or whatever, whatever. She had to start all over with literally like a dollar or something in her bank account. You know, when she ended up getting this job with like um, designing or whatever she was doing and she like just kind of, you know, it took off and she made it big. And now she just kind of just has this business and she like pushes women like into business stuff. You know, that's really what she does. And she's a Christian. She's saved as well. And like she's really big on modesty. Like she has like a, a clothing line and even with her clothing line, she makes sure that her garments is modest, even though she's not like known in, in Christianity, like as like how some people are known. But she really pushes like modesty with her clothing line. Nothing is like ever inappropriate. And so one day she posted a post and she was um talking about how um it was a picture of the Lord and the Lord had a teddy bear behind his back and it was a little girl and she was holding on to a teddy bear but the teddy bear behind Jesus back was bigger and he said can you give this to me and she didn't want to and so she was asking you know what did people think about you know the post or whatever and so literally you know I commented you know people say oh you deep whatever but I commented and I said you know what I thought that it was saying to me and so literally you know I never expected for anybody to ever even like read this post, like what I said. And this woman, she literally, she, she hunted me down. She inboxed me and she said, um, this is how the ebook had even came out. Cause it wasn't even out yet. It was still like pending. And she was like, is your ebook out yet? And I was like, no, it's not out yet. But when it is, I'll update you and let you know. And so long story short, she was like, I was trying to remember where did I know you from? And she said, now I remember. She said it was from Miss Blaine Miami post. And she said, I saw your comment. And she said, out of thousands of comments, she said, just your comments stood out the most. And she said, I screenshot it. I saved it. I even made it pretty. She said, I read it so many times over and over. Wow. And she said, I had to find out who was this girl behind this post. And she said, I hunted you down literally. And she said to me, she said, you don't even know how that post changed my life. I can't even remember what I said. Wow. But she said, but she said, um, so I ended up doing the ebook. I it was weird because the Lord allowed that day for it to be uploaded onto my website and it couldn't upload before. But somehow that day, it must have been for her. It, it uploaded. And she said to me, Did I did the one-on-one? Did I do one-on-one calls? That's how the one-on-one calls even started. Wow. And so literally. When I listened to her testimony, this girl, she was married to, she was from New York and she was married to like this guy before she got divorced and he owned like half a NASCAR. She was best friends with like little Kim, grew up with Nicki Minaj and 50, they was from the same part of whatever New York. And, you know, it was, it was a connection though, because the Lord used her as a connection, but she was a, a woman now that was walking into ministry. You know, wow. and, and her testimony was just so awesome. But it the reason why I said it was people can't be afraid to let their light shine. Like how you said, are you the influencer? Or are you the one that's yeah. influenced? Yeah. Because yeah. had I been like, you know, trying to be like everybody else, saying the same comments that everybody else was saying, which wasn't really of no benefit, you right. know, I would have never probably made this connection with this woman. You get the what crazy I'm part what you're saying is so because even with Trey with my son so because he posts a lot of um you know pictures with his mom and and we have a really good relationship and so you never know so to your point he's around all types of people and and even just two days ago another one of you know celebrities they inbox me all the time because 
I represent who I represent. And and because you stand for what you stand for and who you stand for, our light shines. And so they're like, wow, you know, I want that mother and son relationship. Like I love the, the mother and son relationship. They don't say I love the friendship you and right. your son have. They say, I love the mother relationship that you and your son have. I love the fact that you're a stylish pastor. I love the yeah. fact, you know, we are the lights. Yeah. And, if, and, if, and if we are the salt. And if the salt loses, it's what? Wow. It's good for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for wow. nothing. It's good for nothing. So if we lose our savor, we are good for nothing. And so therefore, we have a lot of Christians who are good for nothing. Yeah. Wow. Because God can't use us like that. He can't use us. And I don't know who keeps telling us. And that's the enemy. And the enemy is a master of manipulation. Yep. He manipulates us into believing that God can use us following people. Yeah. You're out of purpose. So you're yeah. not going to say this today. When you're out of purpose, you're not going to get a well done. You might be good at something, but you're not good at what's your purpose. Wow. And so you're not going to hear well done. You're not going to hear well done because that wasn't your purpose. Wow. That wasn't that's, your purpose. That's good. My, don't get me wrong. You like Stormy Wellington, that's fine. You like me, me, that's fine. You like me, that's fine. <laughs> but they don't influence me. Right. They don't influence me. And just because you talk about God one day, one day out of the week, you talk about God. No, you don't influence me. Yeah. I can go to the room and influence you. Yeah. And you know, and that's that's so true. And and if it ever comes to the point where you have encounters with those people, you're supposed to get what you need to get and leave everything and else. Keep on. And keep leave on, but not worshiping. And, and then you start following them and they're your mentors. And no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this was good. We got to do like a part two of something else because we covered a lot of stuff on tonight. We really did. And it was needed because you know what? People are scared to talk about it. Yeah. They're scared to talk about it. You know, they're scared to talk about it. But it has to be said because you know why? There's a lot of people that, that want to hear. They do want to hear. They want to know certain things. And so, you know, that's really what this podcast is for, is really to inform, to uplift, to help motivate, to educate, you know, all of the above, because there's so many people that's lost. And, and I know this was birthed out of because once upon a time I was lost, mm -hmm. you know, coming back into Christ. You know, I still was lost, you know, trying to figure out who I was and and different things of that nature. And so because I didn't really have anybody really to hold my hand like that, the Lord said, you know, with that happening to you, this is why you're able to go back and to hold other people's hands because mm -hmm. you didn't really have anybody. So he purposely let that happen so that I could go back and to help others, you know, and so. I just thank you for, for taking I'm so time proud of you. I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on here, though, and just spending the, your time with us on tonight. I know you no are problem. here for tomorrow. Um, so I thank you again. I bless You're welcome. You.
Yes, ma'am. All right, guys. So that's our time. You were just tuned into the Dope Girl Spray Podcast. I'm your host, Kanisha H. You just was listening to Pastor Dr. Chandra Williams. And our top topic for tonight was the dress in the pulpit. And we'll see you guys next time.